Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's Jeremy White. If you're making chicken cacciatore, you don't need cantaloupe. And Joe DiBiase. You don't need it. But you could have it. You make chicken cacciatore, you swap out all the pieces of chicken for little pieces of cantaloupe. Your specials have now become not very special. You have to do a great job of shaping the cantaloupe to make it look like chicken. That's not that hard to do. What, what is that? What is that? People are looking at their chicken cacciatore to decide if there's cantaloupe <laughs> in there. Maybe they are now. I'm done. Standing here with a bunch of idiots. Good luck, superstars. All sports, all the time. And apparently a little food talk, too, on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, good morning. It's a Wednesday in between the conference championship games, the Super Bowl, which is a little bit over a week away. I feel like the weather is starting to turn a little bit. It's going to be warmer. Or it's not ice cold, at least. We're not. Well, it's going to get colder this weekend. Colder this little, weekend, and then I think it warms bit. back up maybe the, the week after. So we're, we're, still in, uh, we're still in winter. This is, this is the gross season. For uh, for everybody, falls the elite season. This is the complete polar opposite. Um, no uh, emphasis, maybe on polar for for this winter. Anyways, Jody Biasi, Jeremy White off today. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. A lot of stuff to get to, including Bobby Babich becoming the Bills' defensive coordinator, which is top of mind. I've got a lot of thoughts on. Ben Johnson staying in Detroit and just revisiting the way the Lions season ended because Dan Campbell is going to be a subject of conversation for a lot of the offseason for football fans. And his bright, young offensive coordinator just said no to the Washington Commanders, a new owner and a new organization, new logo, new everything that's trying to change their brand. And you'd think they were still the Washington you-know-whats with Dan Snyder as the owner. Like, young coordinator, hotshot. It's like, nah, I'd rather just stay here in Detroit, by the way. And I'll keep calling plays for Dan Campbell. I'll I'll, I'll mention why, though, I, I respect that from Ben Johnson in a big way. Some Sabre stuff to get to as well. There's a trade idea that's floating out there that makes too much sense, I think, for the Sabres. Sal Capaccio will join at 8 o'clock, so we'll talk more about Bobby Babich with Sal, but I don't know how much I want to care about Babich being promoted to defensive coordinator. I don't want to not care at all. 
But there's only so much value I think you can think that adds to the team when I might want to guess he's not going to call plays. I don't know that. And Sean McDermott has not said that. I thought it went pretty well for McDermott calling plays without Leslie Frazier this year. I thought that they were better in terms of mixing up coverages, being more aggressive in certain situations. As we look back on the season, I think I can only count anymore their thousands of defensive play calls that they had over the course of the year. And this is just me trying to remember off the top of my head, so I'm sure there's going to be you know, other examples. But what are the two that come to mind for, oh, that, that was a bad play call by McDermott? Because there were a bunch by Dorsey, right? We can look back and find a bunch for Ken Dorsey, and maybe you can even find some from Joe Brady. What were the bad play calls on the season by Sean McDermott? There's going to be two that you think of. One is overtime against Philadelphia, where the Eagles basically said, no, not even basically, they said after the game, we couldn't believe the Bills gave us that look. Whatever look the Bills were in, the Eagles knew before the snap they were going to score a touchdown because all Jalen Hurts had to do was run off his left tackle and Micah Hyde, because of the play call the Bills were in, was going to run to the other side of the field to cover somebody, and there would be open space for Jalen Hurts to score. The Bills maybe were going to lose that game anyway. It was getting down the stretch to where the Eagles seemed like they were about to score no matter what. The other one that is the most egregious one is Denver. Denver. I mean, not even 12 men on the field. Before that, the Bills dialed up a blitz... On third down, they got the sack, pushed Denver into fourth and long, and then decided to go all-out blitz again, and Russell Wilson threw the ball up in the air. The rest is history. Those were not great play calls. But otherwise, I feel like McDermott did a pretty solid job. They had a tough stretch in the middle of the year. I can't believe they gave up 29 points to New England and Mac Jones, even to this day. It's one of the most stunning things that happened all year. Maybe even more than them getting to 6-6. Six and six, More than, you know, losing to Zach Wilson's Jets. Letting that Mac Jones offense. How many more games did Mac Jones play after that? To let them score 29, including marching down the field in the final minute of the game to score a go-ahead touchdown with less than 20 seconds to go. That's an embarrassing, embarrassing event for that defense. But they really started off strong, completely limiting Miami early in the season, right after they had scored 70 points, and they really got hot late in the year. And I think they did a great job at figuring out how to overcome the injuries that they had. Daquan Jones missing time, Matt Milano being out for months at that point, Tredavious White being out, and Taylor Rapp was in and out of the lineup, and he was somebody that was on the field, even though he wasn't officially a starter late in the season. You know, you had some injuries on the defensive line. I mean, other than Daquan Jones, 
Von Miller, even though he d- didn't miss games after coming back, is the one, right? Like, they had to overcome him giving them nothing all year long. And they eventually got there. They they fought their way back from what was a top-five defense at the beginning of the year, was maybe a bottom-five defense in the middle of the year, and then returned to top form late in the season until Kansas City where they just, I guess, ran out of bodies. I have criticism about the bodies that they put in there and that Dorian Williams wasn't out there and that after some point realizing Rasul Douglas couldn't really run in the Kansas City game, maybe time to put your super athletic, you know, boomer bust corner and Kyrie Elam out there because you're just getting picked apart anyway. So what's the difference? Maybe he gives you a pick. I think there were things they could have done in the Kansas City game. But Island McDermott did a good job. That doesn't have to be the determining factor, though, on the decision. It's going to be up to him and whether or not he thinks he can manage that workload, whether or not he found that to be an enjoyable experience, a stressful situation. Did he not think he had his eye on the rest of the coaching staff and the players as much when he was more worried about game planning and focused on play-calling duties? If he answers yes to that, I mean, that's where I might guess it's going to land, that he thinks, oh, I can do this. I'm good. That was proof. We got a lot of injuries. We did a good job overcoming that. I liked calling plays. We're going to keep going. But we'll see. It's also possible that they McDermott would have been on the fence about calling plays, and Bobby Babich would have needed play-calling duties to stay. It's possible. Especially when one of the teams that was looking directly at Babich was a division rival. The division rival at this point in time. The Dolphins, who's to say they would have hired Babich? But they've interviewed a couple of candidates, and I saw maybe even Marcel Louis-Jacques, among others, writing about that idea in Miami. He's like, this is the guy you want. Brandon Staley, the stink on Brandon Staley right now. Nobody is a fan of that idea for any team. And the Dolphins were looking at him for defensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier, respected defensive coordinator, longtime coach in the league, of course spent many years here, so he knows Josh Allen, he knows McDermott, he knows the Bills. And that could be appealing to Miami. But Leslie Frazier is so, you know, just line up and play. There's not a lot of dialing up a game plan, you know, for that specific opponent. It's been said about those Leslie Frazier defenses by other players, by people that study the tape, that they kind of just, they do what they do great, but they do what they do. You know what they're going to look like. Walking in to play a Leslie Frazier defense, you kind of know what they're going to look like. And I've seen a lot of pessimism that if he became the Dolphins general manager, it would be interesting. It'd be a super interesting story, but that you wouldn't be that worried about it. You would you would think you would still think the Bills are gonna dominate that matchup every time, no matter what they look like on offense. And other names that are out there are not really big names. Like those are the two guys right now that the Dolphins are looking at. The other one was Bobby Babich. Bills linebackers coach, before that, defensive backs coach. 
that worked with the safeties. So he's got his hands in the pot when it comes to what they've developed in terms of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer ascending in this defense from where they were on their previous teams. And you could look at what Terrell Bernard became from a rookie last year to starting at Mike Linebacker this year and it going about as well as anybody could possibly imagine. You have Tyrell Dodson, who, I mean, pro football focus had him as the third best linebacker in football this year. I don't think he was that good, but he certainly was good. And it got better and better as the season went on. I mean, Babich is his positional coach. And Dodson, by the way, yesterday on social media was like, Thrilled to see that he was going to stick around and be the guy that gets the D.C. job. Who else? I mean, Milano. Milano, his entire development has come while Babich has been on staff. He's only worked with him as linebacker's coach for a couple of the years. It wasn't at the beginning. But linebacker-wise, they've done a pretty nice job at at drafting and developing at this point in time. So... 40 years old, good track record as a positional coach, and an unknown commodity when it comes to what his defense would look like, where I don't want to see Miami get a guy like that. I don't want to see Miami get dangerous on defense with the right man in charge when the Bills have control over the situation. And they exercised that control. The control just... Maybe, frankly, being that he was already in the building. And you really would have had to mess it up to lose him. Or he would have had to make certain demands that you weren't willing to meet. And those are things that we don't get to know, at least right now. Maybe we will find out. The only demands might be that, you know, he could have he could have thought, I'm, I'm likely to get this Miami job, and I want to stay here. But you just got to make me defensive coordinator. I need I need that promotion. I need that for my resume. I need that to progress in my career further and further. So that's it. Just match what Miami is willing to do, and I'm I'm staying here because I don't want to leave. That's one possibility. Another is if he felt like he needed play calling duties, and if McDermott was willing to give him that. Again, we'll see what we get. In that situation, uh, we'll talk to Sal at 8. We're not going to find out, I'm sure, this morning about who's calling plays. Maybe we'll hear from Sean McDermott or Bobby Babich, but uh, the Combine also next month might be a more natural place where we, we find that out because coaches talk all the time there, GMs talk all the time, and that'll be the next point to really get a lot of information uh, for the Bills offseason. So Babich stays, and... A like uh, a similar story in Detroit happens yesterday in that Ben Johnson, who everybody expected to get the Washington head coaching job, everybody expected that. He stays in Detroit. And that to me is like I can really respect a guy doing that to say you know not the time for me not the perfect job for me I'm gonna stay I'm happy here I'm happy calling plays and 
I've got all the credit I need from the offense, and I've got the pl- all the play-calling duties because Dan Campbell gives me that. And just, I don't know, I don't think Ben Johnson has to think, well, i got to take the Washington job right now, or I may never get the job I want. I wonder if you start to see more of this from Ben Johnson types. I think, you know... Maybe a little of this is what happened with Brian Dable. I think there were other, you know, factors with Dable that that I think mattered to why he didn't take the first job that was available to him because he I mean hypothetically, he could have left before that final season where the Bills lose to the Chiefs in the 13-second game and then he takes the Giant job after that. I mean, he could have taken a job before that. Chargers I think interviewed him. Uh, when they hired Brandon Staley, and he interviewed a couple of other places, like he had interest, and he had, I think, ability to get a job before he took the giant job. But he waited, and he waited, and I, he picked his timing and thought the Giants were the right team, and I think looking back, maybe a mistake. You got the big brand, you got the big market, you got the big team, but you don't have the quarterback situation, which is always going to be most important. And then after making the playoffs, you kind of got stuck with who your quarterback is when they paid Daniel Jones. We'll see if they get out of that this year. But Ben Johnson, he doesn't have to take the commander job. Now the commander job, though, what's interesting there is Johnson would have the ability to start on the same timeline and hand-pick his next quarterback, with the second overall pick. What I really wonder is how much due diligence he's done and how much of his decision could be, I just don't really like Drake May. Or I just really don't like Jaden Daniels. I don't love my option at rookie quarterback, and this is the guy I'm going to be tied with you take the Washington job so much of your career is tied to well how good is Drake May going to be assuming he'd be the second guy now May though is thought of as a top prospect and he's not even 100% like the tools guy like he's got athletic ability he's got arm strength you know not on the freakazoid level but pretty good Big expectations for him. And it would be a little weird if Johnson was just thinking, yeah, I would like to do better than this. And maybe he can't get better than that. He, again, though, is allowed to be patient because of the reputation that he's built for himself. And that's the type of coach now that teams will chase whenever he decides, hey, I want to be a head coach. 37 years old. 37 years old. What's the rush? What's the rush? You wait a year, maybe next year. I mean, I don't think the Bills job's ever going to become available, but he might be thinking in the back of his head, like, oh, I wonder if two, a year, another, one more bad year in the playoffs by the Bills. And uh, maybe I can go coach Josh Allen. Or maybe he thinks, what's another job that could be available in a year? The Dallas job. Hey, maybe in a year, Mike McCarthy finally gets let go by Jerry Jones, and I'm going to go be the Cowboys coach with Dak Prescott. It's up to him. 
He has the ability to choose that. He doesn't have to jump right now to the first available job, the first available opportunity. I doubt he's going to end up being one of those guys, though, that just wants to be a play caller for life or be a coordinator for life. You get a few of those. Not not many. How long? Who is the, uh, who's the old uh, Colts offensive coordinator? Tom Moore, who was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator forever and never, that at least I remember, stepped away to become a head coach. Just he was content being Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator in Indianapolis, and that was it. Dick LeBeau, right? Now, he actually, I think, did try his hand at head coaching at one point, but then, you know, he did he even make the Hall of Fame as just a longtime coordinator with the Steelers, Dick LeBeau. So it, it happens once in a while where a guy just says, yeah, I'm good being a coordinator. Less stress, you know? Less, uh, I don't have to talk to the media as much. I don't have to have the microscope pointed at me as much. I don't have to answer for everything. I don't have to deal with ownership as often. Just a less stressful gig. Going to make less money doing it. But if the, if the guy's happy doing what he's doing, I guess all the power to him. He is going to be, though, I think, the number one coach candidate the moment he says, okay, I'm ready to be a head coach in the NFL. And Washington, man, they really I think they really miss out. I think this was the right pick. I wasn't confident that that's where they were going to land. They with the new owner, I thought was going to make want to make a splash move like a Belichick just for the namesake of yeah, look at me walking through the door of the owners means like I just got Bill Belichick. Like I'm I'm here to compete. But instead, it looked like they were about to make a smart and calculated decision by bringing in Ben Johnson. Well, now they miss out. And I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they circle around to a Belichick type. But Johnson kind of left them hanging, which is going to be tough for them to overcome. But good for him. And good for Dan Campbell. Because I like Dan Campbell. He's not my perfect coach. I mean... He is offensive in nature, I guess, because of his experience as a tight end coach and before that playing tight end in the NFL. But he's not, you know, he's not the play caller. And I don't know of him ever calling plays any point in his career. And that, for me, is always the number one trait I would want in a head coach. Teams probably act very different. Not all. Some, I think, more and more acting like this, but... I would not... My, the number one quality I would want in my head coach is how good are they at calling plays on offense. And Campbell's not that. But I said the other day, I'm going to want to defend him all off season for what happened in the Niner game going forward on fourth down. I'm going to want to defend him all year for that. I'm going to want to... I want to see it work. I really want to see it work with Dan Campbell. And I want to see it work with him being true to himself, not cowering like Brandon Staley did. Brandon Staley went for it on fourth down all the right times in his first season with the Chargers, and his season ended, and he got a lot of heat for the way he was doing that, and I think the sentiment is the owner kind of told him, okay, cut it out. Cut it out. And I want to think that's not going to happen in Detroit, and if it did, 
Campbell is strong enough to say, if you want to fire me, then fire me. I'm going to be me. I'm coaching this team. Am I the head coach? I'm coaching this team the way that I know how to coach this team. Campbell seems like a strong enough personality to overcome criticism of what he did on fourth downs, and he is going to continue to be one of the best game management coaches in the league. I want to see that work for that reason. And I don't know how well that works in Detroit without Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator. Dan Campbell maybe changed the culture, but the defense wasn't very good this year. Why were the Lions great this year? Because their offense was one of the most consistent offenses, maybe only behind the Niners, in the NFC this year. So I'm glad Ben Johnson's staying because I really want to see that work for uh, for Dan Campbell. 8030550 is the phone number. That's a little bit on what happened in the coaching world yesterday. We spend a lot of time on Sean McDermott. Rightfully so. Callers want to do it. And it's a good question because, you know, you could get into a bunch of different areas of McDermott's job security. One, how secure is it? To this point, no indication to me to believe that it's not as secure as possible. The other more interesting parts of it are, are, how long do you give him? How many times do you let him get a kick at the can? How much of Josh Allen's career do you give to Sean McDermott? How much better do you think it would go? Who would you replace him with? Because that's the thing, too. If you're going to, you want to fire Sean McDermott, you better come ready with a name that's going to do better than he would. We have those talks about McDermott all the time. What about Brandon Bean? What about Brandon Bean? I want to get into that when we come back. 8030550 is the phone number. I'm going to put a poll up on this as well. How much blame for the Bills losing again in the divisional round should go to the general manager in comparison to the head coach? Let me know what you think. We got Sal coming up at 8 o'clock. Got some hockey stuff to get to along the way as well. We're talking with a guest at 9.30 on a trade idea for the Sabres that I think makes a ton of sense. Um, that's going to be uh, not a fun... It's, not, it's just not fun with the Sabres right now. But, you know, here's the hoping that it uh, turns around. What do they need to do to turn it around? We'll talk about some of that stuff uh, coming up as well. We'll have some fun today. 8030550 is the phone number. Jeremy White is off. We've got... Now till 8 to get your phone calls in, so line up now. We'll get to you right when we come back. Josh Schmidt in producing, and this is Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off. This is WGR. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake-me-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yeah. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Bobby and I have been together a number of years, going back to our time together in Carolina. And, you know, his dad was with us for a number of years here. And good family. Bob is a good coach. He's developed players. And I think you know, when you evaluate a coach, it's are you taking what you have and making it better? It doesn't get any need to get any more complex than that. And Bobby's done that. Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Bobby Babich is the new defensive coordinator. Replacing, well, I guess you could say replacing Leslie Frazier. They spent a year without an official defensive coordinator in title. McDermott took on those duties. Um, got some help from Washington, and I'm sure Babich, and a lot of those assistant coaches that were on the staff. But now Babich is the official defensive coordinator. Talk more about it with Sal coming up at 8 o'clock. 803-0550 is the phone number. Can't believe we got to watch the Chiefs again in the Super Bowl. I can't believe we got to watch the Chiefs again in the Super Bowl. I, I can't decide, though, if I am sick of them or not. I, I wonder, is it just for me that they keep beating the Bills? Because I don't mind dynasties in sports. Like, the Warriors were likable. I did not like when Kevin Durant went there. I did not like that part of it. But, in general, love Steph Curry, love Klay Thompson. I mean, Draymond Green drives you crazy, but the dude's like a perfect wrestling heel to make things more interesting. So, the Warriors dynasty. I didn't I didn't get sick of that, really. I didn't be, get sick of watching them. Um, I guess Alabama, I got pretty sick of. The Patriots I got sick of, but that might be more so because of the Bills. Losing to them twice a year, every year, my entire childhood. Who else? Are the Lightning a dynasty? The Bruins? Maybe. Mm, they only won one cup. I don't think you're allowed to be a dynasty with only one cup. I think that's more the just... The sustained Buffalo, success. Buffalo, Boston, just yeah, yeah. I'm trying that to, whole thing. I'm trying to figure out like, is there a dynasty? Like, do we have to get sick of all the dynasties, no matter what? Because they just they just keep showing up. What about the Dodgers? The Dodgers, yeah. They, I mean, bit. they've won a bunch, but like, it's never been like super consistent. But they've also only won one. That's why I don't think they're considered a dynasty either. Like, you got to win. You got to win three. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the rule. Well, three of with the same group or three in like a certain time span. Three in like a like in a five or six year time span. I think. That, I think this debate was happening when the Blackhawks won three. Like that's dynasty because they won three and six. I think it was three and five, something like that. What about the Kings from that time span too? No, nah, you didn't. They didn't win enough. Oh, they didn't win three. They only won two. Yeah, even the Chiefs now like they they might need to win to get this next week, but. I, I almost wonder, like, if you win two, but those are the only two you go to, then maybe you don't get it. If you win two and you went to four in a five-year span like the Chiefs, they might get it no matter what. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is, 
Am I sick of them because of the Bills rivalry or because I'm actually sick of them? Like, there's... Maybe we'll play the clip later. There's Patrick Mahomes. What is he talking about, about Justin Tucker? He's talking about Justin Tucker being an agitator. Why? Because he was stretching in the same place in the field that he always has, and Mahomes thinks he's doing it to irritate him? Like, what is he? what on earth is he talking about? Here are the Chiefs again, just digging and digging and digging until they get to the Earth's core to find anybody that rubs them the wrong way so that they can use it as bulletin board material. I mean, get over yourselves. Just play the game. I think it's also, remember their whole thing last year where Travis Kelsey's, oh, the Chiefs, we're still the Chiefs or whatever. Like, that whole mentality they had of like, oh, everyone doubted us. And it's like, no, not really. Right, the the Cincinnati mayor called the stadium Burrowhead, and suddenly the Chiefs were the most doubted team in the league. Just, what, what is your problem? Why do you need to be doubted? You're great. Everyone says it. Everybody knows it. Just play the play the damn game. You're gonna do great no matter what. Yeah, I think that's what it is for me. Like, I, like, yeah, it it isn't fun when the Bills lose to the Chiefs, but like, they're always good games. Like, it's not like right. you're getting like there. There was the one AFC, uh the first time they played in the playoffs when it was like a blowout mm-hmm. at the end of it, that one was like frustrating. But every single other game has been so entertaining. And obviously in the regular season you have their number, but it's like I think what's so irritating about them is the they're trying to get this mentality of, oh, people are doubting us. It's like, no. Like you, you mm-hmm. have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on your mm-hmm. team. And Right, there are GOAT debates like, right now about him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're you're being yeah. put, your quarterback's being put up against Tom Brady as the best player of all time. And you're sitting there trying to say, "Oh, well, people are doubting us of, of that we're not going to win." Yeah, I, I, I just I this, don't get that. This is new for me, though. Like the frustration with them and getting sick of them. Like I, I did not have that at all until this year. And even now, it's not near the same level for me that it once was with New England. It's not even close. I mean, Mahomes to me despite being a little bit more annoying this year, right? You know, trying to fight the referee after Kadarius Toney was offside against the Bills and then proclaiming that it affects Travis Kelsey's legacy to call that. And then this Tucker thing, like, he's more annoying this year than ever. But it ain't close to what Tom Brady became. It's not It's not close. I, I I see Mahomes as being more authentic in a in a in a lot of ways than than Brady ever was and certainly is now. So I think Mahomes is more likable than Brady. Mahomes also, by the way, is a more fun watch than Brady. Brady was calculated and efficient and smart and fiery. Like he had that stuff, but he was not making a lot of wow plays. He'd make the clutch throw. He'd make the right throw at the right time. Um, but Mahomes makes plays that are going to be on Sports Center top ten every game. The play to Kelsey, like he's more, he's just a more fun watch than Brady is. And Andy Reid is so much more likable than Belichick. Like that that one is the blowout of all blowouts. 
Everyone loves Andy Reid. Who doesn't love Andy Reid? He's awesome. He's great. The mustache, the persona, the style. His teams are always fun to watch. That's not always true of Belichick teams. But you know Andy Reid teams are always going to be fun to watch too. So, you know, Mahomes, not as likable as he's always been. I think, not even just in Bill's terms, but in general terms. But more likable than Brady. And Andy Reid, in this conversation, blows out Belichick. Like, the Chiefs are more likable than the Patriots were. So, what's happening with me? Is it just inevitable that if you make four out of five, if you start to become a dynasty, then we're going to get sick of you? We want to see fresh teams. We want to see fresh personalities. We want to see new players. We want to I mean, if Lamar Jackson was in the Super Bowl, it would be more interesting for me. First time Lamar is there and all sorts of legacy on the line for him. And he of course is a super exciting watch. He blew it in that game on Sunday, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of a dynasty where you just didn't get sick of them. Other than, like, the Warriors are the closest thing that you're really going to get. And, of course, this one is different for us. Because Buffalo and Kansas City now have a shared timeline. And that's not, you know, that's not that wasn't really true of New England. New England would beat the Bills twice a year. But the Bills weren't supposed to win when the Patriots were existing. They, there was never a time when they were good enough to enter that chat. And this Bills team has been. So that almost, I wonder if it that, you know, starts to even the gap between, all right, the Chiefs might be more likable than the Patriots were, but we hate them more for getting in our way than we did New England. Because, you know, what was what was J.P. Lossman going to do if Tom Brady wasn't in the division? What was Trent Edwards really going to do if Tom Brady wasn't in the division? Maybe squeak into the playoffs like one time and get bounced in the wild card round. Like what? What, what were they? What were they going to do? Eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. Let's go to Rich in Lakeview. Hey, Rich. Hey, good morning, guys. You know what? I agree with you. In an alternate universe somewhere, Josh Allen checks down to an open dig. They milk the clock, and it ends with Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer intercepting a Harold Mary with ten seconds left, and we don't have to talk about this at all. Mm. But ultimately. We're going to put up with this stuff until somebody beats them. And, you know, they've proven with two minutes left to have a better quarterback, um, a better tight end, and better coaching. So I guess, you know, to the vic- what do they say? The, to the victor goes the spoils. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I don't like is, like you said, guys, there's nobody doubting them. What they did with Justin Tucker, and I teach high school, and I call it bullying down. If under the same circumstances, because Tucker, if anybody goes into the games early and watches any NFL warm-up, pre-warm-up before the pads come on, Tucker's one of the best ever. You know, every kicker, you start mm-hmm. no step from 10. no step. He does that every game. There's no way even Travis Kelsey is throwing Lamar Jackson's helmet three feet. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. He's not kicking. Mark Andrews' gloves out of the way during a warm-up. And, and that's what bothers me. It's, it's not the lessons you teach the kids. I, I don't care about this. I don't care about who they're dating. But until someone beats them, what are you going to do? It's like the kid, it, it's, uh, you know, the kid on the block 
until somebody knocks them off their perch, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, but I, I just don't like the way it was done. That If they're going to be the evil empire, well, that's what it is. I, I don't like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it drives me crazy, uh, but the Bills had every chance, and their coaching staff, and you check down to Diggs, and maybe we're talking about something else. And, and it just drives me crazy, but I don't think anyone's disrespecting the Chiefs whatsoever. Yeah. No, th- thanks, Rich, for the call. Because I do think there's also a big difference between doubting and disrespect. You know, like, I I said on this show for weeks, this is not this is the most vulnerable Chiefs team we've ever seen with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. This is not the same Chiefs team. I mean, they are in the Super Bowl, so those two things can be correct at the same time. It's why I'm even more deflated and more scared of the Chiefs in general is this is their worst form, and they're still here, and they're going to get better. Doubt can be earned. I don't think it... Disrespect to me is when... You are earning respect, and you aren't getting it for whatever reason. And the Chiefs, I mean, Mahomes kind of put voice to this that, you know, people said our offense wasn't good enough. And, like, he even kind of implied, like, they were right. You know, when, when you're just calling it like you see it, hey, the Chiefs are struggling on offense. Look, they're scoring seven fewer points per game. That's that's not that's not disrespect. That's what was happening. <laughs> and it's what still is happening, by the way. The respect for them goes to their defense. It's like a different respect. Twenty one points a game versus twenty eight over the past couple of years. They scored three points in their final eight drives against Baltimore. Uh, you know, it both can be true. You doubt them because offensively they haven't looked right all year. Okay, well, you were correct in saying that. No one was wrong. I said it multiple times. This ain't the same Chiefs team. They're more vulnerable than ever. Look, their offense isn't as good as it once was. Okay, well, they scored three points in their final eight drives against Baltimore. Scored 17 total. They're in the Super Bowl. Two things can be true. I doubted them, but I didn't respect, didn't disrespect them, and ended up being right. Nobody just put them down when they were vulnerable, the most vulnerable. 8030550 is the phone number. If you're on hold, stick there. We'll get to you. 7 o'clock, we'll get to our Brandon Bean conversation. I got a poll up, and we'll update the poll results, and I want to go through some of the answers that I've seen getting connected with our fans on whether Brandon Bean deserves more or less blame than Sean McDermott or none at all for losing again in the divisional round. Let me know what you think on the GM, who we don't often talk about in this respect. Jody Biasi, Jeremy White is off today. Sal Capaccio coming up at 8. It's Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at 4. Donchich. The step back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.